0: All right, uh, just as this program was an addendum to our usual repertoire, it looks as though we need an addendum to the addendum here in our third segment today. A few things have come along that just uh, just have to be commented on. And I think it'd be appropriate to start this addendum with an item that was being sent around on the Internet. I think it was Dan Bacher who, who sent this or posted it on Facebook. But here it is. Congress evidently has just approved free... Coronavirus testing without having to leave your home. All you must do is send a fresh stool sample to the following address. That would be 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest, Washington, D.C., 20500. Yeah, best not put attention Anthony Fauci on it. He may not be around by the time it gets there. I I think it's obvious that we don't think too much of the psychopath currently occupying the Oval Office in Washington, D.C. But it's sort of trickling through to, I think, even his base or even his people, even his side of the aisle, I guess you'd say, the GOP, or at least certain members of it, that that he's not doing an adequate job. Now, here's a quote from National Review, not exactly a left-wing publication. So far in this crisis, Trump himself has obviously failed to rise to the challenge of leadership. He delayed making the virus a priority for as long as possible refusing briefings, downplaying the problem, and wasting precious time. He failed to empower subordinates, and rather than trust the information they handed him, recycled favorable figures he heard on cable TV. This behavior is familiar. It's how Trump has handled scandals and fiascos for three years. But those were largely self-created. The coronavirus demands a new level of seriousness from the president. Well, National Review made those statements Well, over a week ago. Here's what's happened in the meantime, according to a piece from Alternet, March 27th. President Donald Trump is expected as early as this week to sign legislation that would establish a $4.5 trillion bailout for large corporations. But the prospect of spending about a billion dollars for 10,000 much needed ventilators amid the coronavirus crisis is apparently going too far for the White House. Evidently, they were going to announce that we were going to spend money for ventilators, but uh, thought better of it. They apparently canceled an announcement that was set for Wednesday to that end, supposedly because of a question of a prohibitive price tag. That price tag was more than $1 billion, with several hundred million to be paid up front to General Motors to retool a car parts plant in Kokomo, Indiana, where the ventilators would be made with Ventex technology. Government officials said the deal might still happen, but they're examining at least a dozen other proposals. Trump, to the dismay of state officials across the U.S., has thus far refused to utilize the Defense Production Act to order private corporations to produce necessary medical equipment, insisting that his administration can make a deal with the companies to do so without being compelled by the federal government. Some officials in the Trump administration, according to the Times, are worried about another problem, too much medical equipment. Officials expressed concern about the possibility of ordering too many ventilators, leaving them with an expensive surplus. Richard Yeselin, his contributing editor at Dissent, said, think about this, he's going to kill thousands of people. He's holding up a deal for GM to make 80,000 ventilators a month right now because he thinks we might have an oversupply of ventilators when we're dealing with a lethal respiratory virus. In an interview with Fox News' Sean Hannity on Thursday night, the 26th, Trump suggested New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was exaggerating when he said Tuesday that his state, the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic in the U.S., needs 30,000 additional ventilators for hospitals to have the capacity to to respond effectively to the influx of sick patients. I don't believe you need 40,000 or 30,000 ventilators. You know, you go into major hospitals, sometimes they'll have two ventilators, Trump said. And now all of a sudden they're saying we can order 30,000 ventilators. So look, it's a very bad situation. We haven't seen anything like it. But the end result is we got to get back to work. And I think we can start by opening up certain parts of the country. MSNBC host Chris Hayes tweeted in response to this. This is monstrous and people will die. Now, back when the last idiot in the White House was uh, producing a war in Iraq that nobody needed, the United States government was spending, as I recall, about $3 billion a week on this conflict that was supposedly going to remove Saddam Hussein, get the oil flowing, and the whole war would, of course, pay for itself with the oil revenues we would gain by taking over from the Iraqis blah, 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 blah. We saw how well this plan to uh, introduce democracy to the Middle East panned out. Before we started, there was no Al-Qaeda in Iraq. There was afterwards. And another little group uh, blossomed during this adventure called ISIS. Iraq remains something of a quagmire 17 years later after we started that idiotic conflict, which, I remind you, at its peak was eating up at least three billion dollars a week, every week. Now, in the middle of the world's worst epidemic in a century, Donald Trump doesn't want to spend one billion dollars to buy ventilators because, well, we might have too many of them when we're done. After all, it would be impossible to, you know, mothball ventilators for the next pandemic, wouldn't it be? Or sell them to some other country that needed them? I should, Trump could probably get a pretty good deal on that. Yeah, a ventilator is not a smart bomb. Once you've used it, you can store it and use it again. Anyway, the current administration is stuck on a proposal uh, that that involves about 40 hours worth of Iraq war. And there's some even worse news. We suspect it's starting to dawn on a lot of people that, you know, not buying ventilators because we might have a surplus is not good, clear thinking. And I think it's starting to dawn on a lot of people, at least I hope so, that there's been a lot of unclear thinking at every point along the way. So we ask you, what do you think Trump's going to do as regards shifting the blame? Trump has always had a knack for finding someone to throw under the bus and then tossing him. So we have this piece, this analysis by Brian Seltzer from CNN Business, noting that Trump in crisis mode is using Hannity to attack the media and Democratic governors. Dateline New York, President Trump's media allies and social media attack dogs are deflecting criticism of the federal government's response to the coronavirus pandemic by giving viewers and tweeters other targets of ire. On Friday, March 27th, Trump's re-election campaign promoted anti-Biden messages on social media, including an image that said in all caps, Biden left the federal stockpile of N95 masks depleted. Masks depleted, and failed our country, noted CNN. Biden left the vice presidency more than three years ago. Notes Brian Stelter. Bashing Biden, the expected Democratic nominee for president, is a no-brainer for Trump allies. But one of the other recent targets is much more surprising. While some conservative media have praised. Anthony Fauci, including Sean Hannity and his primetime Fox News colleague, (laughs) colleague's a nice word for it, Laura Ingraham, other influential pro-Trump voices on social media have come after him for, in their view, urging excessive measures to slow the spread of the virus. Moments when Fauci has contradicted Trump's misinformation have also drawn fire. One far-right commentator has given Fauci the derisive nickname, Dr. Doom, Jerome Corsi, an author, conspiracy theorist, and associate of Roger Stone. I believe we talked about Corsi last time on this program. He was in the context of him being an intermediary between Stone and WikiLeaks. Hmm. Anyway, Corsi has implied that Anthony Fauci was trying to stoke fear by comparing him to an Elizabethan character who dabbled in black magic. How Dr. Faustus Hates giving up his little bit of power in his moment of glory, scaring USA that COVID-19 may become seasonal, returning stronger next year, he said in a tweet. In what appears to be an attempt to smear Fauci, right-wing opinion site The Gateway Pundit published an article that called out what it said was his friendship with the director general of the World Health Organization, Tedros Abrahanan Ghebreyesus. The Washington Post pointed out that on Fox News Business Network host Lou Dobbs said three days ago that frankly Fauci was wrong about the use of experimental medicine. I think that was the reference to the fact that hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin are still in something of an experimental stage. Politico said the Fauci critics are on the right-wing fringe and noted that both Trump and Fauci have dismissed talk about Trump being unhappy with the doctor. The Post noted that while both men were trying to tamp down the appearance of tension, the president is growing wary of medical consensus. Yeah, that medical consensus sure can not wear a guy out having to listen to that. Yeah, more facts, more figures, more graphs, Jeez. On Hannity's program, now before Trump called in to Hannity's show to say the federal government is merely a backup to the states, Hannity tore into New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. An on-screen graphic on their faces was titled, Failure to Prepare. Hannity told them through the TV, both of you need to stop politicizing this national emergency. Cuomo and de Blasio have challenged Trump to provide more military resources, nationalize the medical supply chain and take other steps to help states. Trump has bristled at the criticism and so have supporters with big media megaphones. Trump's re-election campaign has been pushing the same set of talking points, seemingly shifting blame from the president to local officials. The people of New York City are suffering because of Bill de Blasio's incompetence, the at Trump war Room Twitter account asserted Thursday, followed by a hashtag that misspelled the word coronavirus. During his 40-minute long chat with Hannity, Trump said he was getting along with Cuomo, though he cast doubt on New York State's scientific projections of the spread of the virus. Regarding ventilators, he said, officials like Cuomo say we want 30,000 of them. 30,000. Think of this. You go to hospitals, they'll have one in a hospital. And now all of a sudden, everybody's asking for these vast numbers. Yeah, not only that, a couple months ago, we even heard of coronavirus. Noted this piece for CNN Business. Cuomo's pleas are based on best-in-class modeling and medical expertise, but Trump still expressed skepticism about the scale of the crisis. He told Hannity, I have a feeling that a lot of the numbers that are being said in some areas are just bigger than they're going to be. I don't believe you need 40,000 ventilators. Trump also used the televised phone call to criticize two Democratic governors, Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan and Jay Inslee of Washington State. We've had a big problem with Whitmer, he said, without identifying her by name. Trump also noted Inslee's political standing, calling him a failed presidential candidate who's always complaining. He added, We don't like to see the complaints. Anyway, finding a scapegoat and shifting the blame, it's what he does. Last week, Trump said, Sleepy Joe Biden was in charge of the H1N1 swine flu epidemic, which killed thousands. The response was one of the worst on record. Our response is one of the best, with fast action on border closing and a 78% approval rating, the highest on record. His was lowest. Noted fact checkers, the Obama administration tested one million people for H1N1 in the first month after the first U.S. diagnosed case. The correction noted that the first U.S. COVID case was 50 plus days prior to the note, and at that time they had not yet tested even 10,000 people in the U.S., Anyway, we're going the extra mile here to to clarify the fact that we cannot allow Donald Trump to play his blame game. He bears the lion's share of the responsibility for how things have gone wrong, at least in the federal government's response. And frankly, we're we're just terrified at the prospect of him getting rid of Anthony Fauci because he doesn't kiss his ass to the extent that Trump demands ass-kissing and obedience. Fauci knows what he's talking about. Donald Trump does not. And we'll close today, I think, with an editorial piece from TheHill.com on all of this. This comes to us from Alan Lichtman, election forecaster and distinguished professor of history at the American University. Here's what he had to say. The Republican Party used to believe in personal responsibility. Bob Dole, the Senate Majority Leader and soon-to-be party nominee in 1996, State of the Republican Party stands for a commitment to honesty, decency, and personal responsibility. That is no longer the case. During five decades in business and politics, Donald Trump has never taken personal responsibility for anything. Not for violating the Fair Housing Act when he refused to rent apartments to black people in New York City. Not for hiring undocumented immigrant workers at his hotels and golf courses. Not for many bankruptcies and failed real estate ventures. Not for illicit payoffs to women who claimed affairs with him. Not for perpetrating the biggest and most protracted lie in our political history, that Barack Obama, the first black American president, was illegitimate because he was born in Africa. As president... Trump blamed liberal judges for rejecting his initial travel ban on predominantly Muslim countries. He blamed Obama for his own policy of separating families seeking asylum. He blamed the media and Democrats for perpetrating a hoax about the dangers of the coronavirus. He then blamed China for failing to apprise us about the pandemic, even though he was briefed about it before he took remedial action. He blamed a non-existent Obama-era regulation for his own failure to provide medical professionals with adequate testing kits for the coronavirus. He blamed governors for the lack of protective equipment for health care workers. Now, Trump is setting up every American for an entirely new blame game with his misguided notion that we should abandon the stern measures to contain the coronavirus and return to normal by Easter. He wants to see the country opened up and just raring to go with packed churches all over the country in over two weeks. It's just about the timeline that I think is right, he added, and then with extraordinary deflection, he said, we lose thousands and thousands of the people to the flu. We do not turn the country off. We lose much more than that to automobile accidents. Medical authorities, including some current and former members of this administration, pushed back. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institutes for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, earlier said it was a false equivalency to compare coronavirus deaths to crash fatalities and that we must face the fact that the virus is more lethal than the flu. Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner, said that so long as the coronavirus spreads uncontrolled, older people will die in historic numbers and middle-aged people will have prolonged intensive care unit stays to fight for their lives. Meanwhile, Hospitals will be overwhelmed and most of the people will still be afraid to leave their homes. Even Republicans objected to the notion of an Easter deadline to open the country. There will be no normal functioning economy if our hospitals are overwhelmed and thousands of Americans of all ages, including doctors and nurses, lay dying because we failed to do what is necessary to stop the coronavirus, stated Republican Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming said Republican Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio, protecting people and protecting the economy are not mutually exclusive. The fact is we save our economy by first saving lives and we have to do it in that order. Trump knows two things full well. First, the country will not be ready and raring to go by Easter as the disease continues to spread exponentially. Second, the economy will plunge right before the election. That is where his blame game comes in. Trump will blame Democrats, their quote-unquote politically correct allies, and the media for failing to heed his advice of returning to normal times and packing churches and presumably companies by Easter. Trump will say if only these opponents had listened to his advice, the financial calamity may have been avoided. He concludes with, "...the most cynical blame-shifting of his career will fail only if Republicans..." return to their once-cherished principle of personal responsibility. It will not be good enough for Democrats, journalists, and scientists to expose this shameless ploy. Republicans must rise to the occasion and strongly call out such audacious deflections and deceptions in no uncertain terms. Well, I do know a few Republicans, and I certainly hope they heed this call to action. And as we close out, I would note that we urge you not to actually follow the advice of that meme and send a stool sample to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The best evidence suggests that fecal materials may be able to harbor the virus. Therefore, we don't want to spread it through the U.S. mail. And if you find yourself with a bit of spare time on your hands, and we suspect you will in the not-too-distant future and medium-distant future, just for the heck of it, you might want to dial up on the internet... uh, the report on that faith healing taking place down in Louisiana where the pastor said, you yeah, if they get it, he was going to lay on hands and cure everybody. So they filled up a revival tent with something like 2,000 people who all clamored over one another in the process of uh, getting the Lord's healing. Dot, dot, dot. Or not. The people who act like this are going to be hit extra hard by the virus. The percentage of these folks who appear to be supporters of Trump and followers of his advice seems to be a high one. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, We just want to stress that when Trump tries to shift blame, when Trump continues to lie, when Trump continues to be Trump, we need to call him on it. All right, this additional segment was also produced by Edmund McMillan. Stay safe, stay sheltered, and Radio Parallax will resume in its regularly scheduled slot uh, next week. We hope a lot of things that have been somewhat mysterious and unclear will continue to resolve themselves. Actually, a few of them have since I recorded the last segment, but we don't have time to go into that today, but it will keep. We'll see you next week.